0: experience the reality of the gospel and receive light life and the joy of the holy ghost as you listen to today's message danny doku a real blessing to you hello we are here again it's another friday Believers, guys, I'm loving the book of Philippians. If you missed last week's episode, we did the book of Philippians. We did chapter one. This week we are going to chapter two. So you have to go back and watch chapter one. Other than that, you don't understand so much of chapter. You don't appreciate chapter two so much. So you go back. You can listen to chapter chapter one, and I'm going to do chapter two this week. I'm taking my time. It's an expose. I like expository teachings. It exposes the scriptures. We get to understand it better. Glory to God. Hope you're good. You take your pen, take your Bible, take whatever, make notes. And I say, when we finish, go back and read the book for yourself. And I bet you, you will get more revelations on the book than what I've been teaching. Hallelujah. So let's go in chapter 2. Chapter 2 says that, Therefore... It continues from chapter 1, Elibio chapter 1. Chapter 1, Paul talked about his ministry and how the church of Philippa has been of, of great importance to him by their participation, their fellowship. Then he ends by the, uh, talk in the middle of it, talks to them about his bonds as a prisoner, how people tried to attack him in the gospel, and he didn't mind because it was all to the glory of God. Then he ends up by encouraging the church glory to God. To be worthy of the the gospel and to defend the gospel and the love that they had for him. And also to know that they are not only supposed to believe in Jesus, but to suffer with him as well. Then in verse 2, he continues to let them know the importance of supporting being and running by a man of God. And he explains it. So let's go if you're ready. In chapter 2, he said, therefore, so therefore means he's starting from somewhere from where he ended in chapter one. So he said, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love of being one accord and of one mind. So he's still ending his letter to them. You know, the, 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 the letters were not written in chapters but they had to put in chapters and verses so that we can quote some of the phrases and some of the things that Paul said. So this is a whole letter written like that, but he's putting chapters so that we can know the differences between some of the things that he said. So now Paul continues and say that if there is any consolation, if you want to console me in Christ, if you want to console your pastor, if you want to console the man of God in Christ, he said if there is any comfort of love, you want him to be comforted, if any fellowship, of the Spirit, if you want to fellowship with me in the Spirit, he said, if any affection, if there is any mercy you want to give, fulfill my joy. Look, a pastor needs joy to be fulfilled. Paul said, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind." He's telling the church, Paul is about to leave. He said that if you want me to be happy, whilst I'm alive or when I'm gone, he said that if there's any comfort, whatever you want to do, he said that what I wish is that you'll be one accord. That is why he said that how good and pleasant is it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's very important that children of God in a local assembly, even in the whole body of Christ, we should dwell in peace, we should dwell in unity, not striving. Then he continues in verse 3, he let nothing be done through selfish ambition. People can join a church and they want things to be done their way. So he said, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Now, John talked about it. He talks about a guy called Deutrephus who was doing things for his, the Bible said for the eminence. He wanted to be seen. He said, don't do things in church because you want to be seen. Don't come to church and try to do things for your selfish ambition. He said, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, self-centeredness. But in loneliness of mind, let each one esteem others better than himself. If they appoint somebody to be your group leader, don't say I can do it better than him. But in loneliness of, of mind, see that he can even do it better than you. By supporting him and giving him your best. If God gives you a pass, don't say the whole, I can even teach better than him. No problem. You could you have a big, brilliant teaching ministry than him. But he said, let the man esteem one another better than himself. It means let's encourage people even more than ourselves. So somebody can teach. Encourage him more. I like your teaching. Encourage him to keep teaching. Don't see yourself better. He said, let nothing be done with conceit. But let each one of you... Uh, esteem others better than himself. Then verse 4. Let each one of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. It is what he wrote to the church. Can a local assembly be this healthy that I look out for your interest? And in looking out for interest, doesn't mean become a gossip where you now go around. No, you look out for the interest. Ah, this person needs to go to school. What can I do to help the person? This person is struggling in this area. What can I do to help? I'm looking out for your interest. You look out for my interest, I look out for interest. And when church members, this one look for interest, this one look out in the body of Christ. He's that 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 church becomes a healthy church. He said, Let's look out for the interest on another. Then he continues, verse 5. That gives us a humbling experience. Then he said, Let this mind be in you. He's beginning to talk about humility. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Ha! He said that don't forget to know that Jesus, who was in, who is God, but in his flesh, did not even think it to robbery to become equal with God, but he made himself as a servant he came to serve. God came in as a flesh. So Jesus came in in human flesh to serve. So he said that no matter the position that you are putting, see it like the way Jesus did. He made himself of no reputation. Somebody is in church and say, "Is it me they spoke to me like this?" Jesus made himself of no reputation. Is it me? Where is their humility? Who do they think they are dealing with me? They are dealt with me like this. When I cry on oh God, they will see. No, he made himself of no reputation. That's Jesus. And sometimes we all become sensitive of our reputation. We are all humans. Sometimes I do. That I hate this, I say, why? That's a who? But Jesus is admonishing us. Paul is admonishing us through the word that we should become lonely in mind. Because if Jesus made himself of, reputi- of no reputation, look, he is God. He's not the CEO of a bank that can collapse. He's not the CEO of some company. Or it's not because he's the most handsome guy. He is God and came in flesh and made himself of no He He's the creator. The creator now comes in to serve the creature. That's loneliness of mine. And Paul admonishes us, if we can do this in church, we will not see ourselves better than anybody in the church. Glory to God. He said, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or concern, but in lowliness of mind, let each other as others esteem themselves better than himself. Then verse 4, let each of you look out. Oh, I'm going back. Verse 5, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of, did not consider each robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, he took himself as a bondservant servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself, he, uh, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. If a man really understands this, he can never be offended in the church. Every offense in any form of ministry is because of pride. People esteem themselves. Nobody could talk to me like this. They don't understand. I know better than them. They should have done it this way. They don't know what they are doing. Hey, hey. He said that Jesus made himself. He went to, what can you endure? Somebody shouted at you. Somebody did this to you in the, in the church. He said, what can you do? He made himself. Even obedient, even to the death of the cross. Paul, is said in the church, He's about to leave, so he's trying to give them understanding. He said that in all things, let's be together. No matter what, have this lowliness of mind. If Jesus was able to be obedient to the cross, you should be obedient, no matter what. Troubles are going to come in your Christian world. Are you going to still stand? Are you still going to stand, or you just let it go because you feel like, ah, why should a Christian go through this? No, if you stand, many others will stand. Jesus was obedient to the cross what can you endure for the sake of the gospel now the Christians don't want to suffer anything they don't want to suffer they mock at those who are sacrificing for the work of the ministry they tell them why should you give this money to the church when you have wife and children when you do this you are doing this you are doing you they have become wiser than Jesus who came to die for us and he's telling us that for us who are born again we should just not live for him but we should also be willing to die for him he said let this mind be in you which is also in christ jesus you may be a millionaire to god it counts nothing you may be the beauty queen but to god it counts nothing it counts nothing to god can you humble yourself can you humble yourself in the presence of god can you humble yourself in the presence of the bread dream? You know, exhort yourself that me, no, 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 no. Some people live a church because to them, they are above the church. They have gotten revelation that is above the church. The the church cannot feed them anymore. They are higher. (laughs) The body of Christ said, let this mind be in you. Humility. Can you know so much and still stay under somebody who knows so little? Can you know so much and still stay and use your gift to bless others? Can you, can you? Father, help us. Take away pride from us, Lord. I'm part of it. Father, take away pride. Let's let's humble ourselves. Let's remove the reputation. I'm this. I'm the CEO of this. I'm I'm this. I have this period. I have this. Let's remove all that when we come to Christ so that we can attain what God has called us to attain. Then verse 9, he said, Because Jesus did that, verse 9, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is there. When you go through the shame, you should be ready for glorification. If you don't go through the shame with Jesus, you will not be glorified. The disciples came to Jesus and some of them brought their parents come and tell them Jesus that to cure this place, let my son be the one to sit by you in the kingdom that you are about to form. Then Jesus asked them a question. That they need to be servants. Then he said, are you also ready to be baptized with the baptism which I'll be baptized? It means that are you ready to suffer for the sake of the gospel? People think that now, if you love God, immediately you love God, your family must be fine, God will bless you, God will do anything, there will be no trouble. If you are blessed in money, there will be some area of your life that things will not be going well. All this thing, God does it to humble us. And when we go through the shame, the shameful period, He is ready to glorify us. Jesus was hung on the cross naked. It was very shameful, but He went through it. And the Bible says, Wherefore, God also has highly exalted Him. I pray that as you go through the shame of the gospel with Jesus, God will also exalt you glory to God. Today people don't want to go for evangelism. They are shy of evangelizing to people. They are shy of talking to to Jesus. So they leave evangelism for young people. When people are going for evangelism they say they don't have anything to do. Let them go for evangelism. We are all supposed to preach the gospel. We are all supposed to be out there not be ashamed of the gospel. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ for it is the power of God. To serve. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Glory to God. You will go through things when you walk with Jesus. You will be mocked. You will look foolish. People don't want to be mocked anymore. You look foolish. But after a while, if you look foolish, you will not be look foolish for a long time. After a while, you will be glorified. If you look wise now, after a while, your wisdom will go. And you are going to look foolish for the rest of your life. I'll better look foolish today and become wise permanently with our Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So Paul is telling them, Church, as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, they don't wait to Paul, because Paul was not there, he was in prison. And they were still obeying and still doing what uh, they were admonished to do and said that now that you are doing all these things work out your own salvation in fear and in dream for it is god who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure he said that nobody can do of god's good pleasure if god doesn't will it in him so god will put it in you then you work it out so we talk about working out your salvation with fear and trembling he's not saying that hey not do, you are going to die and go to hell he's trying to tell that god has put some good things in you that you can do of his good will and his of his good pleasure but you can only work that thing out if you love souls It is god that puts the love of souls in your heart because you don't love souls more than jesus if you love to give for the work of ministry it is god that put that giving in the in your heart so that you can give to the work of the ministry because you don't love the ministry more than jesus does If you want to preach the gospel, it's God that puts that thing inside you. Any good thing that you want to do for his goodwill and his good pleasure, he's the one that puts it inside you. But he puts it inside you so that you work it out. God will put the desire to give in you. But who is going to give it? God? No, you. So that is why he said that you work out that salvation with fear and trembling, meaning that work it with all diligence. You are not working in fear and trembling. You know, those days they say, work out your salvation, fear and trembling, because we are afraid that we'll lose our salvation. That's not what he's saying. He's trying to tell you that there are so many good things that God has put in you, and you have to work it out. With fear and trembling means with all diligence. You know that you don't want this to leave. This is the time for me to work for God. This is the time for me to do something for God. If God, you have a desire to pray for people, intercede for people, you put the desire there, God put it inside you. But who pray? you so God said work it out whatever I put that is of my goodwill of my good pleasure you work it out with fear and with trembling glory to God then 14 do all things without complaining disputing, that you may be come blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and pervert generation among whom you shine as lights in the world he said you shine as light in this world if you want to work and do things in the house of god don't do it with complaining don't complain do it as the one that wants to work for god with let it come out from your heart glory to god because he says that because he compared to this crooked and perverse generation meaning that this generation they like to complain the perverse generation like to complain but whatever i'm actually doing in the house of god I would do it without memory, without complaining. Glory to God. And he said, why? We are lights. We are lights. He said, you are children of lights. Verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in this crooked and perverse generation, so that your good will not be evil spoken of. You are doing things the right way. At work, don't complain. Do things the right way. Prove all things excellent. Glory to God then it continues then he said that children of god without fear in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among you shine as lights in this world so you are shining as a light holding fast the word of life hey <laughs> You are holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Paul said that, I want to see you holding fast, so that in the day of the Lord, in the judgment, when I see you, I know that, whoa, this is my work. This is what God has done in you. And that is what every pastor wants to see. He wants to see his members grow. And Jesus wants to see you grow. Don't let the investment that God is making to you through a man of God be wasted. Therefore, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Don't frustrate the grace. If you are in a teaching ministry like this, when you are being taught and fed the word of God like you are being taught, don't make the grace uh, frustrated. Don't frustrate the grace. Use it. Hold fast to the word of life so that in that day you may not have run in vain. Glory to God. Verse 17, yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also are glad and rejoice in me. Paul is thinking, if I'm about to die or if I'm poured as a drink offering and I die, he said, I'll be glad because I've seen you walk in faith. I've seen you hold on to the word of faith. Just as you are also glad in me, then I've also held on. That's why Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So Paul said, I do it, you see it, you do it also. Or you even do it more than I do it. Glory to God. Verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. You want to know the state of the people. So he says, Send me Timothy. Glory to God. Then he said, verse 20, look at look at it. For I have no one like-minded. Who will sincerely care for your states? Possible, I don't that when I think through, I don't have anybody who I can think that can care for you like Timothy will do. What, what, what an honor that Timothy, that like Timothy loves the, the flock of God. Hey, can you be put over a ministry, over a group, and a man of God can say that I don't have anybody like-minded who can take care of you like brother so-so-and-so? So, so is an honor timothy was faithful in the little things that god had given to him and paul could recommend him he said i have nobody like-minded like timothy then verse 21 for all seek their own everybody my me my family you see this is about family say all seek their own not the things which are of christ jesus the day i called through the scripture many come to church to seek their own what they will get from jesus if they don't gain anything, they say we have pray, 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 pray. We never saw anything. What do you want to see? Is the church a shrine? No. You didn't come to Jesus because He was going to make your life good, 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 and give you plenty of money. No. The most important thing is your salvation. He said, "For all." He was able to say Timothy can sacrifice. What can you live for the sake of the gospel? He's saying that for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Paul is comment, com, com, uh, comparing Timothy to some of the people. That's why most of the people when they come, they are just looking for what they will get. Don't be the guy that will look for what you get. Don't be the guy that is looking for what I can give. What can I support with? Glory to God. And when you do that, you are seeking that which is of Christ Jesus, not your own. This gospel is beyond you and your family. Who told you just, just about you and your family? Jesus Christ can be die for you and your family. He came to die for the world. And people have sacrificed their families for other people to receive. And some people have sacrificed so that you can receive. And you in turn must also sacrifice so that other people can receive. Because God will still hold and take care of our families no matter what. No matter, that's why he said that whoever has left brother, sister, wife, kids, whoever has left anything for the gospel, he said, of this age you receive, and of the age to come. So you will never leave anything for the kingdom that God will never reward you of. Can I get a very big amen? For us, if we all they are own, not of the things which are of Jesus Christ. I pray that you seek the things that are of Jesus Christ. But you know this proving character that as a son with his father, he has served me in the gospel. He was able to call Timothy as a son. Yeah, sons. Son, stay," he said. "Timothy is a son to me. I raised him from when he was a boy, and I put him into the ministry. And he said that this guy, though many people seek their own, he doesn't seek of his own. No, no. He is a proven character. Can you be scored like that that you are of a proven character?" He said, "As a father and son said, so has Timothy served as a father and son." That's why there are few people called Paul called Sam. Not everybody was son in the in the Church of empire They were all members, but there were few people Paul could mention that they were sons. Only few. Paul called Titus son. He called Onesimus son. He called Philemon son. He called Timothy son. There are few people Paul called Paul son because these are guys who stayed with him. He raised them. They stayed with him. Even when he was in trouble, they still stayed. Hallelujah. Verse twenty-three. Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall come shortly. Paul is able to send Timothy to the church of Philippi because he's the one that he can trust. Hallelujah. And every man of God needs people he can trust so he can give part of the sheep to them. You take care of you. You take care of this. You take care of this. Knowing that, they will help in replicating the grace and for the furtherance of the gospel, not to go and cause trouble and commotion. Because people that we recommend might be people of chosen character, proven character. And Timothy has proven it. Hallelujah. Verse 25 Yet I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus. He's trying to send Timothy, but says, okay. Yet I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother. He didn't call Epaphroditus his son. He said, my brother, fellow worker, because he didn't raise a prophet. He called him a son, a, a brother. But he called Timothy a son because he raised Timothy from when he was a boy. So it's not everybody that is just a son. Then he said, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Paul is talking about people who ministered to his need. There, there, there were times that Paul was in need. He was in trouble. And people minister to his need. Every man of God needs people who can minister to his need in times of trouble. Hallelujah. Since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Now Epaphroditus who had been supporting the ministry of Paul, emotionally contributing, finding out how Paul is doing when he was in prison. They are men of God when fall in trouble. Everybody deserts them. There are men of God that are sick right now and nobody is there with them. Nobody. But Epaphroditus stayed. he ministered to Paul in his need even when he was in prison. And God expects of us to minister in that same manner. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then he said, He was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick almost unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paul knows that there are only few people like Epaphroditus. So when Epaphroditus dies, he's going to have sorrow upon sorrow. I pray that you become like an Epaphroditus in the house of God. You'll be the one that will help in time of need. You'll stand in in the time of need. So Paul prayed and prayed that God, you cannot take Epaphroditus. sickness cannot take you. And he said, thank God. God had mercy on him. I pray if you are doing everything to support the work of the ministry, pushing the work of God may you not die before your time may God hold you may sickness be far away from you so that we will not have sorrow upon sorrow. there are people when they die in the ministry there is there is a gap because they do so much can your absence be felt when you leave if your absence is not felt like that when you leave it means that you didn't do that much as you felt like you should do but when you give in your all and when you leave your absence will be felt a or or somebody like that his absence was going to be felt so paul prayed and said thank god god had mercy on him not only on him but paul said on me also if not i'll be in sorrow upon sorrow then verse 20 therefore i sent him the more eagerly that when you see him again you may rejoice. So Paul said, let me send a prayer for this talk, so that you see the work that God has done in him because he was almost sick to death. But when you see him standing and rejoicing, you know that we serve a good God. Glory to God. In him again, he may rejoice and may, may be less sorrowful. Verse 29, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem because for the work of Christ, he came close to death. He said, it's not because of the work of cocoa Bot. It's not because of the work of uh, Shell. It's not because, of, you see, for the work of God, he came close to death. Now, people serve God and it will affect their family a little bit. They, 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 they talk, and these are people who, they say they love God. Look at Epaphroditus. He worked for God too, close to death. And Paul said, these are men that we should hold in high esteem. People who work for God, they sacrifice. They said, hold him in highest why he said not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service toward me he 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 gave himself for the work of the ministry making sure that the flock of god was okay coming in here and there, making sure that everything was okay in the house of God. And tonight, I see God raising you like an Epaphroditus in your local church, in your local assembly. You are standing with your pastor. You are standing with church members. You are standing in to see the grace of God multiply and replicate so that many people will be saved. He said Epaphroditus did not consider even his life. And this is what Jesus is asking of us. Jesus doesn't mean that we should do things foolishly and die for the sake of the gospel. It means that there is a place of a certain level of sacrifice. He went and he ministered to the saints till he was almost sick and died. But God had mercy on him. I pray most of you that are sacrificing and working for the gospel. God will sustain you. God will sustain your family like never before. In Jesus mighty name, amen and amen. Paul finishes it on a, an a Epaphroditus note. I pray that God will raise many Epaphroditus. God bless you. This is what we have next week. I'll be continuing chapter 3. And you are going to be blessed by chapter 3. I pray your weekend will be blessed. I pray that God will give you more enlightenment as you study the book of Philippians like never before. You will grow in grace. And you will grow and understand the importance of of being in a local church and supporting that local church to grow. The Lord bless you and increase you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.